0: Hello and welcome to Lave
1: Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite Four,
2: known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic
3: community that surrounds it. Broadcast from an
4: orange design winder and hosted by a vending machine technician.
1: A place of nonsense and innuendo for Forum Dads, a self-contained podcast
5: two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy.
6: Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to Episode 417 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Sophia, uh Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in the orange signwinder bar for this episode, we have, as usual, our Head of Health and Safety, Commander uh, Ed Levice, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward.
2: Can I touch it from here, do you think?
6: I wouldn't touch it with yours. I'll wash my hands after. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We also have our uh, SRV Banksy. That's the B, Commander Alec Turner.
0: Evening, all. It's race week.
6: (laughs) Woohoo! And, of course, we cannot forget our Staff Liaison Officer, Commander Sykes.
3: Hi, I'm back. Hi. Hi, 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 hi
6: hello oh, and welcome back how many how many wines have you had
3: i haven't had any i haven't had any i'm absolutely shattered i was dropping off a tot at the um at the train station at like five o'clock this morning so i'm um a little battered so i i, I can't risk it <laughs> i'm not gonna lie
6: <laughs> Pretty much. if you wish you can join us live we are hanging out in game in open we have ben He's out chasing unidentified Interstellar Anomaly number 1 in um, Cold... Um, what? Uh,
2: unfortunately, it's running away from me, and I can't go that fast.
6: Um, you can call 285-Sector-OR-V-C2-20. Yes, I, I, I am there.
2: Uh, it, so it is anybody, a part of the area, though.
6: Yeah, so if anybody wants to try and um, uh, catch a Stargoid... Catch a fallen Stargoid, put it in your pocket. Yep, go and catch up with Ben. And God knows where that came from, and I haven't even started drinking yet. So,
4: wow. wow.
6: <laughs> yes, so if you can't join us in live, and if you can't catch a Stargoid, then <laughs> you can get us uh, in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through com slash live. Click on the live chat. Or go straight to twitch TV slash live radio or um yeah, go to Facebook, go to YouTube, or go to Elon Musk Twitter.
0: Are we on Mastodon yet?
6: Um <laughs> it's not like that everybody else seems to be going there.
2: Yeah. Is there a gaming thing on Mastodon yet?
3: There's um, I I don't understand it.
2: I, I am confused by it, I have to admit. It seems like it's like you can join anyone's server and you can do and anything. You can
3: see everything else. And
2: yeah, I don't know.
7: Yeah.
6: yeah. Yeah, I haven't got my head around master done yet. Um, I, I just wish that someone would make Twitter Mark 2.
3: <laughs> Looking at you, Google. Come on, lads, you know how to do it. <laughs>
2: They did. They made Google Plus, and everybody ignored yeah. it.
3: Yeah, but if they did, like, let's talk. Let's talk now. In well, today's you, current climate, we could potentially Google things like make a resurgence.
2: What well, you, you've got, Insta, you've got. I think Instagram's probably the closest, really, isn't it? And that's owned by Facebook.
6: Oh God, it is, isn't
7: it?
2: Yeah.
6: yeah, yeah so is WhatsApp.
2: So. Remember?
6: Yeah, I must admit, um, I do have fond memories of Google Plus. But then again, I probably was the only one on it. (laughs) Ah, yes. So let's go around the crew, see how they've been the the last week, couple of weeks. Um, We'll start with Ben.
2: Uh, So what exciting things have I been up to? Oh, and see Black Panther with the kids at the weekend. That was lots of fun. Um, I've been chasing signal sources and using my new and improved... FFS scanner um, and oh, I, I got Among Us VR as well. And I've been having lots of fun in that um, dying and things. Well, not that. Die- yeah, I've been dying and I've been killing people. It's good fun. I'm enjoying it. Oh, Excellent. Um, yeah, I think that's about it.
6: Fair enough. Mr. Turner, um, obviously there's a new Buckyball. I, I guess you, to- you covered that last week.
0: There is. Yeah, I guess we, yeah, we, we explained what it was and where it was. But it started now, so I'm actually doing it.
6: Oh, look, lucky. I will, I will be endeavouring to join you as soon as I get a chance to. Um, anything else?
0: Yeah, what have I done this week? I, have, I finished watching Rings of Power, which I probably can't discuss without massive spoilers, so maybe we'll save that for when it seems appropriate to do so. Um, I am currently watching something which is brilliant. It's um so it's it's Servant of the People, which in the UK anyway is on four O D. This is the sitcom that Vladimir Zelensky made before he became president of Ukraine. Um I have to say it's fantastic. It's it's funny, it's scathing um satire on um, you know, sort of oligarchy rule in, in Ukraine. It's it's very poignant because you you know you have to keep reminding yourself of what's currently going on in that country versus what you see up on screen. Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, highly recommended. And uh, yeah, in game I'm I'm doing the race. I've actually I've somewhat peaked too soon. Actually, um, I'm currently first in regulation and second in unlimited, but I'm never going to catch a... Um, and now the planets have shifted, and it's almost impossible not to get um, obscured jumps. So I think I may well have done the best I can possibly do now, unless things clear up for the end of the week.
6: That sounds uh, yes. Well, uh, well, good luck with that. Um, I will, I will endeavour to to um, stay outside the top ten <laughs> as usual. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> basically,
0: the obscured jump means you, you're adding. About forty-five seconds onto your time by making one extra jump that you really don't need to make, uh, and I need to, I need to lose forty-five seconds, not gain it.
6: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, psych
6: it. Um Obviously, you weren't here last week, as as was I. Um, what's been happening? Bit of we would like to talk about a, a little excursion.
3: Oh, I have stuff about show. that. We'll talk about that later. Um, I have. Um... I have been playing host to um, the absolutely lovely and wonderful Stateside, who is currently still in a plane at the moment, um, flying back to the States, uh, Crispy Tater Top. Um, We have been doing lots of touristy things in South Wales and having a lot of fun and getting caught in rain showers and taking a quick excursion over to Cambridge to say hello. Um and i've not i've I've not turned my computer on for a week, which is wild. we did it we did a little stream on I think it was Wednesday at some point we did a little a little mini a mini pop up stream on Wednesday. We fully intended to do another one, but um Sunday came around and we were just like this was the day we planned to do it and I was like. I can't be arsed getting everything out and getting it all set up again. Um, and we so we didn't do that, but we did go and see Black Panther, which is very good. Highly recommend going and seeing it. Um, I won't, obviously, I will not spoil anything about it, but um, it, is, it is very, very good and a very interesting movie. Um, uh, aside from that, like, haven't done anything in game i've been paying a lot of, t- of attention to the results of the um disrupt azimuth protect azimuth side of things um uh, that's been that's been really interesting to see how people have been feeling about that and um just understanding the level of reading com- reading comprehension that some folks have who play elite dangerous has been incredibly interesting to learn um um, and then we also did a bit of a, um, a little micro meetup on Saturday. Just a couple of us got together, um, some of us with two and a half hour drives and very grateful to see a lot of different people. So it was good stuff. I really, I've, I've had a good, I've had a good week, um, ready to do some buckyballing and at least get a time on the board if it's, even if it's going to be 45 seconds slower than it necessarily could be. Nice. Well, uh,
8: that's that's
6: good to hear. Uh, because uh, yeah, my news for this week has not been great. Um, personally, uh, I, today is the day I have had to put my my dear mother into a nursing home. So, um, yeah, I'm not exactly full of the joys. Um, and it does mean that I've been away from my computer for ooh, oh, more than a week, and the laptop that I've got doesn't run elite. But what I have been doing, it's rediscovering the love I have for the older space sim, which it does run. So um, I have been playing a lot of Freelancer, and I've been uh, playing a lot of Independence War 2, and uh, what it does, it, it does make uh, you appreciate Elite a lot more, because um, these were the two top space sims of the early 2000s, and to tell you the truth, um, yeah, you appreciate Elite a lot more. And uh it's I, I'll still admit though that I War Two still holds up. It it's um it still has a fantastic combat mechanic. Um it's and you can just see that if it had been made today, it would have been made very, very similar to how Elite has evolved. Um but uh, yeah. So that's my uh uh <laughs> that's my moves out of the way. Um, so, let us go through and see what the development news has happened this week. And I'll try and do that again in a, in a language that's understandable. So, development news, what I have the devs said this week? Well, first of all, we've had the uh, Galnet News roundup on the 11th of December. Paul takes his usual, um, how shall we put it, alternative viewpoint to Galnet News? You could uh, call it that, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically, he says what we were thinking. <laughs> for evaluation.
0: I did. I did like his little um, his little dig at the naysayers. I, I had to. Uh, I had to give respect to that. It's classy.
6: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that was followed on Monday by the usual discovery uh, scanner. Um, as per usual, um, at this moment in time, there's not that much to talk about because, well, there's not that much to talk about. Um, however, they have said that Thursday's FrameShift Live 21, that will obviously happen on Thursday, will contain information about Update 14. That is probably going to be the last uh, Frame Shift before Update 14 actually drops. So uh, I guess... Stay tuned. <laughs> Anybody got any thoughts about, um, uh, you know, the lack of news so far?
3: I'm going to stick with no news as good news, I think. Okay. Um, and the fact that, like, no news indicates potentially busy devs, busy devs making things work and still coming out in November.
7: Yeah. Yes.
6: Yeah, so that, that's what. Um, as every single time they, one of these things have come out, they've sort of said, "Yes, we're still on target for the end of, develop, or of November," which um, it is good news. And Sally has apologised in the forums for saying, "Listen, one of the reasons why we're not the the community managers aren't on the forums at the moment is because we're still heads down getting work done on Update 14." So um, yeah, I guess.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I guess almost
6: to the grindstone.
2: I'm seeing it as there's nothing they can talk about and even drop hints about, which probably means it's stuff that we're going to probably enjoy.
0: You know? let, us, let us hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Yes, Alec. Um, well, on, on the nothing they can talk about, do we want to get into this later or now? But I just wonder what they ge- what they might show us on Thursday. Given given that it's mostly narrative, I've been thinking what they might. Well, they might be able to show us. Do you think there's other stuff? There'll be bug fixes, obviously, but I wonder if there's some other little incidental quality of life that they can show us.
6: Yeah, it would be nice to actually see some uh, quality of life things. What do you have in mind, Alec?
0: What do I have in mind? Um, yeah. <laughs> gosh, you spr- d- Actually, I didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> I have bigger theories on Update 14, but um, <laughs> little quality of life. Hmm, I'll have to think. Come back to me. Go around the circle and I'll think of something. <laughs> ah,
6: well, um, well. In that case, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a think about that for the, for the main discussion then and, and come back to it. So, um, yeah, as I said, not much news in the way of uh, new development news. Um, I have been following, um, quite ironically, I've been following um, Elite Dangerous on uh, Steam charts, and it does seem that we've started to, uh, more people have started to play it again on Steam. Uh, and then I did a, a little comparison because you can do this comparison tool. And it turns out that Elite Dangerous is has got roughly the same amount of players as both um Sotos, Star Wars, uh, the Old Republic, and the same amount of players as um, uh, well, good grief, it's gone out of my head now. Eve Online, Eve Online, thank you, yes, so um. I felt those two were bigger games than that, but it does seem that, yeah, we're not, we're not as, uh, as in much trouble when compared to what I consider two of the big hitters in the MMO industry. I mean, it's a different matter when you compare it against uh, uh, No Man's Sky, because No Man's Sky is doing, I think, uh, six, an average of 6,000 players a day, and we are just under 4,000. But it, it's, it still surprises me that Elite Dangerous is holding its own. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from there. Um, the England events. Now, what has been happening this week, I, I wonder, because I actually haven't been following it due to personal details, so I hope everybody's fully prepared to bring me up to date. So, um, first of all, on Thursday, the 10th of November, we had Understanding the Thargoid Roar. Now, this is for Professor uh, Tesseru, Professor Ishbal Paling, and Ramtar have all released a joint statement regarding the alien sound. And they kind of come to the conclusion that it says something along the lines of, We see them, we are coming. Um, anybody else wearing their brown trousers?
3: Bloody love that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good, man.
6: Yes, it's beginning, just beginning to... Uh, Look like uh, a lot
3: like Christmas.
6: Yeah, ratching up that tension. You can just feel that the tension uh, ratchet has just gone down one click, and there'll be a little bit more than that coming along. Um, also announced on the Thursday the 10th was Azimuth, claimed an expensive success. Now, it does mean that Azimuth Biotech have managed to achieve their... um their goal of creating at least one anti-Xeno megaship. However, um, they didn't do as well as they were hoping. <laughs> Nothing to do with you, psychic. Um, so get-
3: Nothing like expressly to do with me. It was, it was, I didn't, I only, um, what did like 11 mil, but there were people, there were, there are Discord, um, shots that I've seen that, Discord screenshots that I've seen that have been absolutely wonderful and in the multi millions, um, tens and tens of millions. So fair play to them. And I hear that the reward, um, is, um, kicks a bit of a, Kicks a bit of um, arse. so um,
6: so the rapid fire multi cannons.
3: Yeah, the the um, phasing rapid fire multi cannons. If I'm not mistaken, um, they they kick arse somewhat substantially. So they've been um, it, it's been it's been quite fun and rewarding, but um, it was a close race for a, a long time, um, and then um, reading comprehension was met, and then suddenly it was it was a good. Um it was a, a bit of a bit of a wash at that point.
6: Right. So basically level padding until basically tier one and then all of a sudden bang. Something like that.
3: Something something like that. There was a there was a good good few billion in it.
6: Mm. Right. Well, the next day on the eleventh, uh, the Pilots Federation actually upgraded the FSS scanner. Now this means that you are now uh, able to target uh, the stargoids as they approach, and they also target um, rogue signal sources. Uh, now, uh, Kalen, uh interstellar research, of course, got a got a mention in this. Um, so, has anybody been able to tag? Well, obviously, Ben, you're chasing one at the moment. Have you been able to tag a stargoid with the FSS?
2: Yeah so I mean, you go into your FFS scanner and rogue signal sources are the Stargoids or UIAs or whatever you want to call them they're all the they're all the same thing
6: um so when you drop into one of those do you get attacked or is it just a green cloud
2: Uh you you can't drop in on one unfortunately that's that's a bit of a downer but you can you can you can go very close but you just can't drop in sadly um there are lots and lots of wrecks in the area mhm um The improvement, I think, now is when you go and target it, you can actually it gives you a sort of wibbly wobbly marker on your FFS scanner. uh, But you and then, but then if you go back into your normal thing, you can select it in your in the HUD, or you can target it there, and you'll see the distance and watch it coming or going or whatever it is doing if it's close enough. Um, So. Yeah, then that's how I Night out I was closer to one than it was to Huston Orbital.
6: Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, I guess we're all going to get close to a Stargoid pretty soon.
2: <laughs> Probably closer than we want to, anyway.
6: Yeah. Um, now, next up, we also have um, the Xenol pieces. Uh, oh, yes, what? I think Alec has something he's wanted oh, to. It's all right. I, I want
0: apologise, Alec. Me. Off you go. It, all it was, I was curious... So, Ben, so if you... Th- these things are moving, right? Yes. Obviously. So if you... Can you not do, like, a, a misrand Hollow and get the other side of it and then target it and then it's coming towards you? Can't you can't
2: go as fast. I couldn't go as fast as one. But what so, I mean is, can't you come at it from the other
0: side? If you so know,
2: if, if you're lucky and it goes through the system you're, that you're in rather than t- a light year away from the system, yes, I guess.
7: Right,
6: okay.
2: Um... I mean, but even then, I don't know if you can actually get there. Um, and somebody's just dropped in on me.
6: Oh, nice! Um, actually, we'll just point out we're, not, we're not offering bounties on Ben tonight.
0: Yeah. That's kind of Philip. Hello, he was looking for me earlier. Uh, I did read. I can't remember where. I think probably on the forum. Some little discussion about how they behaved a bit like repelling magnets. So I guess, I guess some people mm. have managed to get around the other side or, or have them coming towards them. But I think there's some kind of We're clearly not meant to drop in on them,
6: right? Yeah, I don't think you're meant to drop in on them. Um. Okay, well, um, that brings us on to today. Now, we've actually had two new items come through today. Uh, The first is that the Corsac Nebula has now started to report more Thargoid activity. So human colonists in the nebula. Uh, Coalite Nebula have raised in the alarm after thargoid forces appear in several systems. Uh, this following recent attacks on vessels in the Californian Nebula. It appears that the thargoids have sought to occupy systems where barnacle fields are present on planet surfaces. So yes, Councillor Lewis Lechurch, representing the Alliance Expeditionary Pact in HR in Hip sixty two one fifty four provided a whole load of details uh, to the alliance tribute now i obviously i just missed something um i missed the xeno pieces have rejected the prediction of war um that came out on monday i do apologize um this is the advocates of the thyroid Ad- advocacy project now they're, they're saying that um <coughs> they're saying okay um they haven't actually been hostile yet why is everybody getting so excited? Um, I hate to say this. I think this, this lot are, are basically sticking their heads in the sand. What do you think to to the thyroid uh, peace initiative?
2: Bless, them. Oh, Bless that's, them. this is what we were talking about last week. And it's you know my my position is, I I wish we could do something with it. I think for gameplay we probably won't, because obviously it's more fun shooting them than hugging them.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we'll see what I hope there's more to it than just a uh,
6: sacrificial lamb being sent out yeah, to the slaughter yeah, something like that um, Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see I mean I'm, I'm afraid um, I think it's 100 to 1 against that something interesting apart from an explosion will happen I, I fully expect them to be space dust by the, by the time the Stargoids hit That'll be interesting to see if there isn't if they aren't. Um, the other thing that to mention is um, the reaction to uh, the statement uh, from from Professor Palin and and Ramtar that also came out today uh, with uh, a lot of people going well, reacting with panic. Uh, I think that's the best way to put it. Um, however. We, we we seem to have a rival in the media for here in Lave.
3: Who's, who's this Casey Kilpatrick? Oh, a mate of yours, Colin. Oh, hang on. If you want a quote from Lave, you come to
6: Lave Radio. We own the body system. I mean, I wouldn't.
3: I wouldn't quote Lave on any reputable <laughs> source.
6: Thank you for that vote of confidence there. Uh, but yes, um, a lot of the media is now reacting to uh, uh, the, the the statements made earlier by um, Professor Palin. And uh, yes, they're, they're all, um, everybody's getting a bit worried. And in this person's opinion, quite rightly so. So, the latest, oh, go on.
2: But what is worth, Colin? Casey Kilpatrick can't be anyone that's important. They're over at Castellan. They don't even have a proper station; just a floating rock.
6: True, true. <laughs> not, not that we're feeling insecure at all. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> <laughs> we have a bar in the station. They've got a rock, right? Anyway,
0: I us. <laughs> <I'm surprised. laughs>
6: <laughs> so a quick update on the star, the Stargoids. Um They are still only eight of them, according to the UIA tracker at Canon. Um, and interestingly enough, number three has gone straight past HIP twenty two four sixty without stopping. Uh, it passed about twenty four light years from where the Proteus wave fired, and just headed on straight to Hull uh, to Sol rather. Um, plus also, um, we've also had someone superimpose a Stargoid over the top of a, a, um, a Thargoid, well, basically a Thargoid structure, and the, it does look almost exactly the same. Uh, I think that's a fantastic,
0: uh... Yeah, it's persuasive, isn't it? I mean, it's not identical, but, mm, it's awfully persuasive.
2: <laughs> Was anyone surprised?
0: No, I mean yeah. I'm not really surprised by any of well, it, some, not much of this, but um,
6: yeah, it, it, that was done. But uh, on the front by Same L five five eighty. So, um, well done, sir.
0: <laughs> While we're still on that public unnerved by Palin announcement story, yes. Do you know what, excite- what intrigues me is is the Vista Genomics bit just just subtly drops in in the middle there. That seems really interesting, doesn't
6: it? Yeah, Vista Genomics has reportedly contacted the team working alongside Professor Palin with a proposal to share its genetic database with ongoing research projects. The potential importance of such data may precede an increase in payments to those who record and submit genetic samples. Hmm, could the... Could we be looking for a new mycoid virus?
0: then? Yeah, exactly what I was thinking because that was a fungus, wasn't it? It was described. It was you know, covered by biologists.
2: Hey, or, so we, yeah. we we not only do genocide once, let's do it again. Yeah, and then we're you, the good really. guys.
6: <laughs> it, it worked for three hundred years, <laughs> and then we stirred the pot again. Well, I just like—I
0: mean, what I like about that, I suppose, is—is is everyone? You know, the Stargoids are coming. Everyone's getting their combat ships ready. You know, they're getting all their. Uh, and all their sort of guardian weaponry up to speed and everything. I would love it if Frontier pulled a bit of a curveball and made it that the the first play against the stargoids was was um exobiology. <laughs> that'd, that'd be really interesting.
3: Imagine well, though. Imagine yeah. though, all of these people who hate who hate Exobio because there are folks who don't like it. I know folks who really don't like it. I I'm all <laughs> <laughs> but imagine imagine all of these people who have spent years and years honing their combat craft only to be told oh to get whatever these like say for example you need to um provide weaponry or something like that in order to get that you need three different fungal site um samples from different planets one of the one of the requests is ah, uh, the salt oh i love
6: it <laughs> how about this Basically, you've got to fight some Thargoids and then extract the, uh, the genetic materials using that Dyson horror machine that you got.
0: Oh, shoot them down, and then they crash on the surface, and then you have to get out and exoscan them. And exoscan the bodies. And you've got to find three bits of the same Thargoids' body <laughs> scattered over a distance of more than five kilometres. Yes! There you go. But
3: you can only do it! In a scarab SRV
0: <laughs> <laughs> This is music to my ears. This sounds great. Do it.
6: First. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I must admit, I would love it if they if they pulled in the, those kind of mechanics. But I guess we'll we'll talk about that later. So, um, in the meantime, um, I guess it's that time of the week again.
7: Score alert.
6: Well, um, let's let's be honest here. Uh, I don't think we've got much this week. I am sure that we've seen what is highlighted in the in the store at the moment before um, the Dolphin Expressway voyage is uh, the yeah the Dolphin Expressway skins does seem to have appeared. I am sure we've seen these before. We've commented on these before.
4: If they
3: were yeah. for a different ship, but. On... But normally, if if it's for a new one, there's normally like social posts about it, and there haven't been socials yeah, that I've seen yeah. anyway.
6: So I'm afraid to say we don't have much to report on on the uh, on the on the good old store alert. Um, yeah, I, I must admit they do look good these dolphin expressways, but um, yeah, nice, nice. We'll just have to wait and see what comes up with update fourteen. I think I've got a sneaky suspicion that there'll be um, a whole load of new um, uh, store alerts that will come out with that.
3: And also, we've just had like a metric shit ton of skins and stuff that came out for Halloween. So I think it's fair to maybe give the um, give the design um, the um, art team a little bit of a break just to. Let them stockpile some stuff for future things.
6: Yeah, I think, uh, that is a fair point. I mean, it's just as, as the community, aren't we a bit greedy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, working on all the Santa stuff now. Anyway,
6: uh, hey, you
7: yes. might
0: have given us the these skins, but what have you done for us lately?
6: <laughs> Very much true. Right. Um, well, if that's the case, we will do some adverts. And then we'll come back with uh, a kind of discussion.
1: This is Lave Radio. We all know what it's like. You're busy managing your settlement when suddenly the alarms go off. Oh no, Not again. That's right! A commander with a Federation naval rank of Admiral, an Imperial King no less, has landed in a ship worth over 100 million credits and is killing all your staff while they look around for a 10 credit adhesive to glue an upgraded scope to their 100,000 credit assault rifle. They fly away with their super glue and you're left with a problem. How are you going to get your agricultural plant back up and running? How am I going to get my plant up and running? How are you going to find staff at short notice? <sighs> How am I going to find staff at short notice? How are you going to deal with all those bodies? There's bodies everywhere. And they stained the carpet. Wonder no longer. Call Ari's Crime Scene Cleanup Services.
3: Hello, I'm Ari Clary's Mine.
4: After a sudden increase in robberies and murders by commanders since 3307,
3: I've gained valuable expertise in cleaning up bodies, recruiting new staff and restocking stationary lockers. Now you can benefit from my experience. By signing up to our Crime Scene Cleanup Service subscription plan.
1: That's right. For only a small monthly fee, when your settlement alarms are activated, our rapid response cleanup crew will be dispatched, along with our patented Cadaver Scoop 150. The Cadaver Scoop 150 can be mounted to surface reconnaissance vehicles and skimmers to make tidying up your settlement a breeze. Well. The bodies are gone. Our recruitment team has potential new employees on standby across the galaxy, ready to fill your vacant roles in security, logistics, administration, processing, and more. My plant's operational again. Thanks, Aries Crime Scene Cleanup Services. Aries Crime Scene Cleanup Services. We'll have your settlement as good as new before the next ship arrives. Kadamar Scoop 150 disposal bags sold separately. Protecting settlements from villainous scum, it's Settlement Patrolman. The action figure every child wants. Wearing the all-new Manticore Dominator suit with light-up jump assist thrusters. Press his backpack to hear Settlement Patrolman speak. Not seen you around here before, Commander. Is that a Karma P-15 in your pocket, or are you just pleased to see me? Hey, don't point out at me when alarm sound settlement patrolman rides into action in his surface reconnaissance vehicle with pop-up turret and glow-in-the-dark wheel trails. Settlement Patrolman. Surface reconnaissance vehicle and action figure sold separately. Available from branches of Lave, Toy Depot, and other retailers. Microelectrode, ion battery, and circuit switch not included. Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. From the makers of the MB-5 shaving drone comes the latest impersonal grooming technology. Here at Saracen, we've heard your request loud and clear. You want something new. Applying all the recent technological advances. Introducing the Panther Clipper. Gone are the days of your unruly body hair making you look like a bedraggled alpaca. The Panther Clipper is the biggest, baddest shaver credits can buy. A shave so smooth it'll shave 10 milliseconds off your buckyball time. The new Panther Clipper from Saracen. It's exactly what you've been asking for. And welcome back. I oh, yes. Um, well, I guess first off, psych it.
6: What? Uh, braces? Uh, have, we got, have we got an
3: invading alpaca again? Watch it. It's careful.
0: I hope we're not going down the loose screws sound box route. Please no, please no. It won't no. end well.
6: <laughs> no, I, I can't. I can't stand the sound of any more alpacas. Thank you. Um, right, moving on. Um, Say so it. Hi. Would like you to bring us up to date with with your special reason.
3: Uh, um yeah. <laughs> yeah no on Thursday. on Thursday. um like it was something something very much that crispy wanted to do was uh, obviously you don't come to the um the uk very often as um, an american so it was very much what something that crispy wanted to do he wanted to um make sure that we went over to um over to uh frontier and he'd like done all the organizing of everything and spoken to a few folks so we went up on thursday and had a little chat and some drinks and just a uh, um just like a bit of a bit of convo and cool. and stuff um we met up with um arthur cat um and tim and um lydia who were on sort of like the planet zoo side of side of things it was an excellent night it was a lot of fun um and um i don't have like huge amounts of tidbits to sort of like share i've got a couple of little things um
6: little so things would be appreciated yes anyway. so
3: so obviously Arthur definitely would love to share more information than um than he is la- allowed um and um it remains incredibly tight lipped and um God damn it, and it's a wonderful a wonderful human, however, um he did say that Update 14, he would... Um, he was very... Obviously, he was very excited about Update 14 and um, excited to see what everybody made of it. Um, but the other thing that he said, that it, he did tell me that it wasn't a one-and-done thing. So um, it's not like one thing is going to happen and that's going to be it. It's going to be something that develops and it will be have things that I that we as a community will have to solve his words, not mine, over time. That's all that I have. That's all that I can give you. Um, But um, I was quite, it left me like sat going, what is it? What's it going to (laughs) be for most of it? And then I, I completely lost my train of thought for a very, very long time. But that was, that was about it.
6: Nothing to do with the vast amount of alcohol sort of I'll oh, stop asking no, silly no, no. you so questions, have a beer.
3: No, no, if any if anything, um mm-hmm. Arthur's very, very good at putting them away. Um, but um I'm I'm sure it I I I am I'm, I'm just excited. I'm also like ninety-nine percent certain that we're probably gonna get another cup scene as well, which I'm also very excited about, but we'll see.
7: Ooh. Oh it's
3: only from, that's only from me just being the worst human and thinking and and reading into things when um there they shouldn't have been things read into. But if that technology is there for a cutscene, why would they not use it again? That's my feelings.
6: Yeah. And then no doubt we'll get the usual oh, I, don't to, I don't want to see w don't want to see that What's the
3: point? What's the point? If only they could tell us that we could escape it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm sorry I don't have like huge amounts of information. I did get to go and see the studio and actually go and visit to the office. We um they they're obviously very very busy at the moment um but we managed to squeeze in a studio visit between nine and nine thirty the following day. So um we we went and um producer Adam has a face. Who'd have thought it? Um, and we went and met Tim and Jens um, in in there in in the studio. Got to sit on the sofas and generally just like fangirl about everything. And um, also then saw um, Tom, Hannah and i'm really really bad with names but i know he's been on the streams before um i think he works in sound and i feel really really bad for not knowing his name but all, but that was all just like a very very brief hello and stuff but um yeah it was a really nice time and um they're clearly working really really hard and i was very very grateful for the fact that they managed to squeeze us in
6: no no, no that's great and we're really I'm really pleased for the lot of you so um. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not remotely jealous. No, not at all. But then again, I couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> uh yeah. Anyways, um, moving on from there, I think. Moving, just getting those green, green eyes away from psychic. Um, we would also like to discuss. Um, well, Ben's actually asked this one, which I, I thought was quite interesting because. It's well known that I am a Thargoid, um, how shall I put it, hater, I think is the best way to put it. Basically, if it comes to shooting a Thargoid, I will go after shooting a Thargoid. Uh, And you'd like to know what my and other Thargoid or anti-Xeno people's opinions are on the possibility of non-hostile relations with the Thargoids. Um, Ben, do you want to go into more detail about that?
2: Yes, listen to last week's episode.
3: I've been really busy hosting someone. It's fully on my on my list of things to do.
2: Yeah. Uh, um. Yes. Yeah, I. I don't want to bore everybody. You know, they heard they heard our opinion last week. I was wondering what your opinion was.
6: Oh, great. I've, I've got to react to an opinion I didn't hear. Uh, <laughs> oh, no,
2: I'm, I was asking you a question. What What's your take on on non-hostile things?
6: You non-hostile know, relationship with the or well, yeah. I've got two feelings about this one is the in-game feeling and the other one is the gameplay feeling I have on this um, now I I would like I I do sometimes wonder whether or not um, a mistake was made by the uh, developers saying yes there is a possibility of peace with the Thargoids I, I don't think they should have said that at all and that's Part to do with my gameplay reason um however i must admit i am trying to rack my brains about any other game that has gone the diplo- uh, this, the diplomacy route in resolving a conflict and made it interesting the issue that i have is that i can't i can't see or i haven't seen a an example where You start off with two sides in conflict and through player action you've managed to resolve a a peaceable outcome without mass bloodshed. Because conflict is part of the game. Uh,
2: So as an example let's take last week's uh, CGs as an example where you had um, oh, Hive of Scum and Villainy Ass Hats uh, Psychic's favorite people, um, Daddy Savlon, trying to build up his his things and trying to build up his mega ships with a um, uh, um, the uh, tr- the trade CG, and then there was there were then two competing combat CGs. One of the things Alan did suggest as a as a rather than having a combat CG, essentially sort of. Pretending you're pirating and pretend pretending you're protecting trade um, stuff. You could have had another combat, uh, another trade CG, which would have basically we're buying the same stuff they need, so that they can't get it.
6: Right. So, so um, basically, outspending the bad guys. Is that, essentially, that,
2: that was that was an idea of, you could you could try outspending the bad guys.
6: Yeah. Um, the, the, okay.
2: And well, that, was, right. that was just a basic idea. Yeah, I was just oh, agreeing.
0: Yeah. I was just agreeing, because I, I thought it was try. a really interesting suggestion of Alan, you know, to counter, to counter trade with trade rather than countering with combat. So, yeah, yeah. how would you do well, that?
6: We've had, the we've had CGs like that before, and it's, it's basically turned up to who can fill up the bucket fastest. Mm. And the problem that I've seen with that is as soon as one bucket is filled to a certain level the other side just gives up uh I, i'm sure I've, i'm sure i've seen it where um it's mostly been on the federation versus empire threads where you've got the federation and the empire and they're both they're both doing a trade of exactly the same thing and it happened a lot when we were do it when uh the pleiades was originally being settled And what would happen is that the Empire would be good at one kind of CG, which was trade, and the Federation would be good at combat. So every single time they had a Federation versus Empire CG in trade, people eventually just didn't bother flying for the Federation. They'd wait for the next Federation combat. Oh, interesting. I don't remember that, yeah, it, it was it was it was interesting, but it, it was really weird that things fell along those lines. But what I'm I'm interested in in knowing is what could we do to um, what gameplay mechanics, or what could we do to the Thargo, to the Thargoids to show, hang on, a we're not threatening, and b we, we
2: could we could drop them. We could drop them gin and leave brandy.
0: We could, okay, here's one. We could attach combine harvesters to the back of our SRVs and help them to re-fertilise all the um, barnacles that we've made such a mess of. We could become farmers.
6: (laughs) You may actually joke there, um, Alec, but if we could find a mechanic which could revitalise... Those um
0: revitalise the got it. got it, I've got it. So we could do we they they could resurrect um what was the old game that came out on the Archimedes, I think Braben wrote it. Um Zark. Virus. Fire Zark, yeah. Also called yeah. Virus, I think, same game. Yeah, so we could we could do crop dusting for the Thargoids. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
6: That's an interesting one. Um yeah, so I mean, yeah, that that uh, <laughs> And you see, the thing is, um, I know that the one issue with this from a gameplay mechanic is that uh, people enjoy fighting Thargoids. It's a challenge, it's uh, the big bad in the entire game. And unless you have something along the lines of what has been hinted to where you've got one faction of Thargoids that will always be hostile... So the, the people keep that part of the game, but you can make peace with other parts, the other faction of Thargoids. Um, I don't see them ever allowing the uh, the peaceful route to happen.
0: Yeah, we touched on this last week, actually, the idea that you, you can't take away Thargoid combat. It's too good. It's, it's such a great sort of boss fight. Mm. So, so the only way to do it is to introduce a second faction that we can deal peaceably with, I think.
6: Mm. I mean, it could come down to the only, the only thing that seems to have worked in the past. It needs a bigger bad for the, us both to be scared of. Mm-hmm. Was that discussed?
0: Not really. Uh, we were originally going to touch on aliens in more general you know, and do Guardians as well, but we didn't really talk about Guardians.
2: Yeah, we but... we, we briefly covered AI and things like that as well.
6: Mm. Um. Uh, the, the obvious, I mean, the obvious big bad that would be bigger than the Thargoids and humanity would be the Guardians, because we know that they, they have beaten the Thargoids once, and effectively they bombed them back to the Stone Age. And the Thargoids are scared of Guardian weaponry. Um, do you well, think not about
0: everything really? How about a 34th century equivalent of potato blight that affects both our crops and the Thargoid crops? I'm definitely going with this Zarch idea, actually. <laughs>
6: well, we've got a state of blight already, haven't we?
0: Yeah, there you go. The big black, the big bad, turns out to be potato blight.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's it's an interesting one to to certainly think about. I mean the, I mean I'm just am just feeling that it, it, there's a. Uh-oh. Suddenly, can uh, psychic? Do you want to jump in?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Because I'm getting um, a bit lost. <laughs> yeah, so okay, right. Thargoid, Thargoid peace. There is an awful lot of um, signal of signal boosting towards that being a possibility, potentially in a future update. Which absolutely, I would agree. It would need an, a faction within the Thargoids. Um, to be feeling the same way as we are. Say they've got a Joy Sen and their equivalent of the Joy Sen and the Ice um, uh, broadcast being, okay, um, maybe we can have peace with these people too. And then that being like, I'm not saying Thargoid, um, like Fargod call, but some kind of um, friendly. Uh, f- um humans are friends not food kind of um situation going on over in there in that side, and that being like a um a, a nice sort of like stealthy undercurrent because as everyone said um the the combat has been going on for so long now it's difficult to take back like two trying to wipe them out on mass attempts um and go oh yeah shit, I'm so sorry about that that was the previous guy take back c's handshake um and also we've got um we've got a shed ton of people in um in Elite who enjoy Thargoid combat. So it would be it would be remiss to take that away. However, adding not even like a different race of Thargoids, just like Thargoids with a different mindset. We all have different mindsets. Why can't why can't Thargoids, why can they why can they not be some that have branched away from the hive and are forming their own ideals? I feel like that might be something that if the is it called the Kingfisher the the, the oh, ship
6: no, the, the ship that's heading out there yeah the Kingfisher the,
3: yeah so the Kingfisher if, if the Kingfisher goes out and it doesn't instantly explode which is um a hundred percent a possibility if that goes out and doesn't instantly explode the alternative option for that Kingfisher is to find folks who. Uh, Thargoid folks who are willing to try and communicate the same way we have um sargoid advocates over here who will try and do that as well if that if that whole thing if they meet each other then it could open a new a new underplay underplaying um current of potential peace talks going forward and then what else is coming to satisfy that combat itch yeah, um, i do not think it's guardians um i feel like um I, isn't it the case that the guardians were the ones that ran rather than the Thargoids, or am i mixing that up didn't this, didn't was it isn't it just the ai of the guardians that was left so
6: yes the, the, the guardians, guardians themselves there's there's nothing left of them apart from the ruins because the ai decided to wipe them out
3: right okay
6: they, they they created this AI to basically uh, make all the decisions for them. And in any good sci-fi series, as soon as the AI got intelligent enough, went, you know I what? I can't do that, um, Dave,
3: yeah.
6: Yeah, we've, let, let's kill, kill our race to protect our race, if you see what I mean.
3: Right, so at what point were the Thargoids scared of the Guardians?
6: They were scared before the AI. In fact, actually, they developed the AI to take on the Guardians. Um, But um, at that point, the AI started to systematically bomb the Thargoids into into the Stone Age and forced them to retreat from um, Guardian space. And because it won, this is according to Ramtar, according to uh, the records they got, the, the, the Guardian AI won the war against the Thargoids. The Guardians themselves said, well, you did a very good job. Let's hand over more and more responsibility to the AI. And then the AI, AI went, right, okay. Um, uh, you know what? We're better, better off without you. And then the AI disappeared as well. So all that's left of the Guardians is obviously the Guardian ruins. Okay. Now, what happens if we get the AI coming back? At some point.
3: Well, if the AI that is left there, like the sentient AI drones that are left yeah. there of any if there's anything if that's anything to go by, I think we'll be okay.
6: <laughs> yeah.
2: We've also got to remember that the Guardians uh did try to talk to the Thargoids and the Thargoids apparently weren't interested in talking.
6: It's completely true. They, they did develop the AI as the last resort because they'd been trying to communicate with the Thargoids and got basically nowhere.
3: And our only, just to clarify, our only source of information for that that is the case and that sort of thing is all of the d- deciphering that Ramtar has made.
6: That's correct, yes. And
3: Ramtar, just to clarify, is the guy that makes a lot of weaponry to fight the <laughs> Thargoids. J- j- just to cut. Not that I'm saying he's biased or anything, but Randor Ram- oh, yeah. is the one who makes a lot of the a lot of the weapon we Just did, yeah. just to be. Okay, Not cool, only that, cool. but it was written
2: by the Guardians too. And then I'm going to say, well, we couldn't be asked talking to them. We just thought we'd shoot them first. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Good.
3: It, it's Good only us who just went. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. It's fine. We'll just go and kill him.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what the Egyptians apparently went off and did. They're like they wrote the the news before they actually had the
3: battles. Yeah, I mean, back, uh, in, I back think... in those days they didn't have email, so it didn't travel as well. <laughs> true.
6: Yeah. oh um, <laughs> uh, yes. There was, there was quite a lot of that going on in ancient times, wasn't there? Um, in fact, <laughs> and not not so far in the past either, to be honest. Um, Right, so at the moment, we've got the possibility of a big bad. We've got the possibility of a schism in the Thargoids. We know that there are basically two factions within the Thargoids themselves. Oh,
2: technically, that's only from the books. Yeah, which I was going to say that's not. That's, vague
6: that's love the canon. Did Alan clarify anything about this- that?
2: This is one of the things that Alan spent quite a while talking about, obviously, is the various levels of canon. And obviously, for Elite Dangerous, the only thing that's canon canon is it's the game itself. The game. Yeah. yeah. Then you've got the official books. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is yours. Like, well, if it kind of been mentioned in the thing, then you can squeeze it in. But maybe kind of sort of, basically. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I've, I was under the impression as, uh, from Michael Brooks that the books were supposed to be canon-canon.
3: Nope. No. Nope, not the case at all. Um, and I clarified this at Lave with Darren as well. I actually asked him, and he, his wording was along the lines of, don't get me wrong, I'd had a fair amount to drink at that point, um, but his wording was along the lines of, we put the codex in the game specifically to try and clarify that.
6: Right, gotcha. So, if it's not in the codex, it's not in the it's not in the game.
3: Yeah, which is why yeah. there there isn't an, um there's no record in the game. Please, by all means, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no record in the game of um a second race of thargoids currently. Yeah.
6: Okay. Fair enough. So the the, the whole thing about the uh, the two factions until until we have it in writing in the. Uh, in the Codex, then we can't assume it's true, right?
2: I mean, is, i see it as a bit like Star Wars Legends kind of ideas.
6: That means Slave Revolution never really happened.
2: Oh, because that's the, that was one of the book books. So yeah. they saw. I thought they saw. I thought the the books were meant to be canon. Nope. Oh, that's, well, that okay. that's, exa-
6: that's exactly what um, was like. It was just saying.
3: Still no it's still not, yeah. no books. No books. Um there's nothing to say that in the future they won't go, Oh, that bit that was in the book, we're gonna take that and we're gonna use that as part of our game. But yeah, until I, it is fully in the game, then
2: Yeah, that that's that's what I sort of see as like the main canon, I guess. And then I see the, the Elite Dangerous books as as a step behind that, but
3: more inspired sort of, um, by inspired yeah. by Elite Dangerous. Yeah. I yeah, would I would mean, I mean the man
0: the the authors were given advisory rules of what they can and can't say yeah. so i th- i I don't think there's anything in the books that's uh, at least at the time horribly contradictory to what Frontier had in mind, but I think ultimately Frontier have kind of reserved the right to to, to change things a bit and mm-hmm. and only what actually makes it into the game is is fact mm. Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, and Darren has just uh, put in the chat that you've also got to find that what's in the historical tourist beacons, whatever is in the historical tourist beacons is also canon.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, so, it, again, it, again, f- stuff that is available in game that you can see, th- those are the bits that are c- canonical rather than... Um, stuff some, s- someone wrote at some point.
0: So, that's um, so the fact that some stupid buckyballer decided to drive halfway around a planet, as canon.
3: 100%, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, that, that really happened, Alec. Absolutely. Um, Operation Witch Hunt, it's in Galnet, it's in canon. <laughs>
2: <awesome>. <laughs> I mean, I think the only thing that we could have about the whole, well, the Claxian and Orisian thing was the yeah. stuff in Robert Holsock's book. Um, Um, Yeah, they do say the Inra Inra discovered that the Thargoid Society is organised into Hives. Yes. Now, maybe you could say a Hive as being a different breed or branch or how you want to say it. Family.
3: Yeah. House of the Dragon shit (laughs) going on there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, maybe you could go into that thing where all the Hives aren't completely in sync with each other. Maybe.
6: Yeah. I mean the closest we ever got to that kind of stuff uh really was was touched on the Out of Darkness novel by uh T yeah. Jane. I mean that was that was the first novel where all that stuff was mentioned. I mean it it was mentioned in, in premonition later on, but um yeah, it's it's one of those things that we just have to yeah, I guess we just have to wait and see whether or not it's actually actioned or, or used. Otherwise, it's I guess it's just conjecture. Um, but still, do you think that? Uh, I mean, yeah, we've got we've got the big bad, which is either the Guardian AI coming back in a threat to everybody in the galaxy, or which, to tell the truth, feels very Mass Effect to me. <laughs> Uh, and then we've also got maybe a schism within the Thargoids itself. Is there anything else that you reckon could be used as a mechanic to uh, uh, to to make the Thargoids friends with us? And I don't drop off as many escape capsules as possible. Smooth,
3: smooth on the inside, crunchy on the outside. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I, fe- I feel I do feel like we've got. Um, it, it's difficult to see a mechanic. In game that isn't. I will. I will talk about something else in just a second. But it's difficult to think of a different of a mechanic that's currently in game that would be fully um, peace oriented. However, however, we have um, we have a nice chunky update coming at the end of the the month. So there might be new mechanics that allow us to do other things and do and have chatty chatty stuff with Tharks and. Um, learn information and i'm really excited about update 14 i think it's going to be wizard but um the one the one thing i will say is when you were talking about um alternative um cargo cgs and having um opposing cargo cgs there was a little bit of an initiative back along um when azimuth was doing one of its please Give us shit, thanks. Um, we'd like it to make more weapons and um, cause the Proteus wave. We started all of this. Um, they, um, Some members of Operation Witch Hunt decided that they would also take their fleet carriers into the same system and put requests on for the it- exactly the same items. They put big buy orders, but paying even more than the... Um, the megaship was um, as as some kind of way to try and do it uh, to to try and um, muddy those waters and make maybe people who were just doing it for the profit maybe a little bit more interested in going and giving it to them instead because they'd make more of a profit there were other people who bought out a lot of very close places um, of the materials to make it harder for other pilots to find those materials and they would have to go further in another attempt to try and put them off, um, to put them off doing it, which I thought was super clever and was a really interesting idea. And I don't know how it, it obviously it wasn't particularly successful because people, people will do anything for cash, especially if there's a community goal for it. But, um, it was, I I just thought that those were sort of like really interesting ways of using the current game mechanics to make it to make it trickier and make it more difficult to succeed in these goals. I dunno, just something food for thought maybe.
6: Yeah. It does feel that the mechanics at the moment um doesn't support we can we can't see how the existing mechanics could be used to create a peace uh some kind of peace offering between the Thargoids. So, yeah, we're hopefully with update 14, something comes along which opens that possibility. It's just that I've got, I'm drawing a blank of, of what the heck it could be. And maybe that's a good thing that I am, because uh, that means that if there is one, I'm going to be surprised in a good way. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, it'd be interesting to see, has the chat got any suggestions about... Um, <laughs> what we've got for I don't I can
7: see, um,
0: Andy Pipkin's got an interesting suggestion there. So he says yeah. um, about the Thargoids hating us stealing their meta alloys. So, how about having Ramtar and Palin develop artificial meta alloys and propose a ceasefire?
6: So, something to feed the Thargoids with?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, people are thinking occupied escape pods but that's a bit unsavoury but yeah maybe we could give the thought something less unsavoury that benefits both but i'm um,
3: hoarding occupied escape pods on my fleet carrier at the I, moment how many you just like it? I, I don't know not that <laughs> but like, i mean i've been in a lot of wars recently and sometimes sometimes i get my collection limpets out i know um but that that involves like a little bit of a little it just ends up with um escape pods everywhere um, and where else are you going to put them? Because you aren't going to hand them in. You want to save them just in case the Thorgoids get hungry.
6: <laughs> so basically, you are the Etienne Don of of the. Uh...
3: I look. I am. I am just a proprietor of the unspecified meat emporium. I do not. Um, I do not um, indulge in the in the meaty surprise.
6: You do not indulge in the meaty surprise, right?
3: Oh my god! What a <laughs> quote. Yes, we've got one. <laughs> clip it and put it back in. I do not indulge in the meaty surprise. <laughs> oh, my God. I again, I I'm am sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yes, well, unfortunately, due to lack of innuendo from last week, we're making out for it this week. <laughs> uh, uh, Kitty is said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Leave Brandy and escape pod cruddies. Or crude. <laughs>
2: <Jesus, Colin.
6: laughs> I haven't started on the whiskey yet.
3: Runnies! <laughs> crude <Sorry>, It's crude! <laughs>
6: <laughs> Let's go with crummies, it sounds better. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway.
7: Uh
6: where were we? <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> meta-alloys.
6: Yeah, meta-alloys. Uh Metalloys. Yeah, Metalloys. Uh yeah, I mean, that to me feels a little sort of no man's sky. If we could basically generate meta-alloys by maybe going, exploring and scanning and sampling, that'd be useful. We could start harvesting other things to create our own meta-alloys.
3: But we've got, like, there was that section, as we were talking about earlier, there's that section about the in the one of the more recent Garnet articles about there being a bigger payout for doing that exploration and stuff. Um, and that could genuinely have be something that would really help um, or be the reason why they're, they're upping that rather than just a game balance.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, it'd, be, it'd be really cool if they, if they managed to take the, um, the Xeno scanning stuff and maybe have a little enhancement so that you can use it. People have often asked to be able to use like the SRV scanner to find Plants, in, you know, plants in the distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, if they really enhance that feature and then had us scouring planets for stuff that we could give to the Thargoids, I don't know, stretching, but it's um, it's interesting.
6: Yeah, and I think uh, you know, this is this is one of the things that I've been as, uh, asking for for or hoping that we'd get for quite a while is a kind of harvest mechanic for the xenobiology something something that we could harvest and and then pass back
0: maybe but uh I guess um d- d- does the um, handheld handheld scanner thing do anything if you point it at a barnacle? It does not. No, okay.
6: Um yes. I've tried it. Oh well, go on then Ben.
2: Yeah. It doesn't yet. Maybe with update fourteen it might. Yeah. Interesting.
6: Well um unless anybody's got any other suggestions. Uh, I, th- I think we'll have to move on to the community corner. Uh, so, <laughs> like Commander Ventura said, try and heal a Thargoid with a health laser. Um, they Healy beans. Sh- They're going to work on shields.
8: Unfortunately.
2: i to have shields. Oh, yeah, we can go we... and do an. Could we do. No, 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 no. Oh. Yeah, but you've also got the healing
6: limpets. Yeah, I've tried that. I, I've actually fired human limpets at the Thargoids by accident. <laughs> they didn't like it, did they? Uh, no, it just doesn't lock on. It, it, it fires off, it, it, it chases them, but then when it gets too close, it just disappears. But yeah, that could be something. I
2: mean, that, that's again, it's another something that, you know, you could theoretically, I guess, maybe find a Thargoid mothership and, you know, humanity heals it instead of nukes it.
6: No, yeah, Paul uh, said that by accident, the Thargoid lover. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> by accident means that my finger slipped and I selected the wrong target. Um, <laughs> uh, Andy Pipkins so, suggests trying a mining laser to, to get rid of it, in, any ticks which are on board the surface of the, of the Thargoid. That could be a good one. Um,
8: I don't, I don't
2: think Darren likes our idea, Colin.
6: No, Argo is healed themselves. They are strong, independent insects that don't need no human.
2: But we taste so good! You know, crunchy on the outside, squishy on the inside.
6: Yeah, but who used to say they're actually eating them? They could be, they could be like... I hope they're not probing us.
0: They could be taking them to a lovely country where they get to sip gin and tonics by a lake and, yes, that's definitely what's happening.
6: Oh, they've been taken to a farm. They have to live on a farm. Ah. <laughs> Full of alpacas everywhere.
3: I'm genuinely now concerned about this conversation.
6: <laughs> Actually, you know what? i got a horrible feeling it'd be like the original Battlestar Galactica where, basically, they shove the humans into pods and then... The they eat them.
2: Yeah, I I, I suspect, if anything, we are their equivalent of soy and (laughs) green.
6: Very much so. Um, Terran has actually said, uh, Ben, given the size, if a Fargo probe does (laughs) arrive, I hope they're not putting those inside people.
3: (laughs) I bet they are. I bet they are. I really do. That's a disgusting image. I'm not going
2: to various Japanese media.
6: No, nope, please don't. Oh, yeah, no, nope, nope. We're not wanting tentacle porn here, thank you very much. I know you're going to be dragged along to it. Uh, the black hole of anime tent- tentacle porn. No, thank you.
0: The going to wear us like gloves. Is that a Thargoid probe in your
7: pocket,
2: or you just
6: please to see me? No, just no. And you can see Ben's making up for being restrained last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not restrained in that way.
3: Uh, <laughs> this is the hentai we signed up for.
6: Yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the community corner before, before we end up. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, we do have something interesting um, about the shanties from Stargoid.
2: Have you listened to this, Colin?
6: No, I haven't.
2: Oh, do, we,
6: do we have you, it to play it?
2: We we don't have it to play, I believe.
6: Oh, we going to get him um, copyright.
2: Oh, possibly, but also, it was. I've only seen it as a tweet yeah, me rather too. than on YouTube, so I can't find a way to obtain it, to give it to Norman, to play it on the stream. But, That's um, a shame. But... but uh, it's a good. It's a good thing. It's a good tweet.
6: So basically, this is the the shanty song that was a big hit last year, being modified for thargoids. I don't know about
2: the shanty songs being
3: big yes, last year, is. but yeah, it, it is.
6: is. It is. Oh look at this! He's not. He's not up with what the kids liked last year.
3: Jeez. You're not on TikTok, Ben. You're not on
4: TikTok. It was all over TikTok.
6: No, huh?
3: not on
2: TikTok. Thank God. Uh. YouTube Shorts are bad enough. <laughs> that's exactly you the know same you thing. You don't
3: have to click on the shorts. You just but, don't have
2: to but, watch but,
6: them. But, but I just have to scroll down. Just one more scroll. Just one more scroll. That'll do. Four hours later. I'm glad I'm not the only one that happens to. I, mean, I didn't get it because the missus is addicted to TikTok. And yeah. I'm telling you no, you don't know what that's doing to your phone. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so yes, we well, let us recommend the the Stargoid Shanty as provided by Stargoid. Um, I know because Stargoid is a, a new streamer, I believe. It's only just started in the last uh, month or so, uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's apparently it's quite good. Very good. Um, no, next. You need to watch it. Pardon?
2: It's very good. You need to watch it.
6: Yes, yeah, it has the radio seal of approval. Oh <laughs> which actually should condemn it, to be honest, shouldn't it? <laughs> it's like that thing from League of Gentlemen who wants special stuff. Right. Loose Screws. We're giving a shout out to Loose Screws because they have managed to win gold in the Squadron Anti Xeno Championship. Now every every time every three months we've got the, the championship which uh the squadron championship which awards Make, uh gives squadrons awards if they've done very well in certain things like trade or um, uh, power play and and so on. So these these take the place of little decals that you can actually, or bobbleheads you can put in your uh, ship. Um, and loose screws have managed to win gold in the anti-Xeno initiative, and they did it by the skin of their teeth. Um, Alec, do you have more details on this?
0: Yeah, it was just awesome because I I, I I was listening to it on their podcast this morning. So so they've been pushing for bronze for quite a long time now. You know, the last um, however long this thing goes on for, really, they decided to have a big push for bronze. Uh, Anti-Xeno Initiative, I think, obviously were contenders for gold. I forget who they were competing with for silver.
3: Van and, um, they, um, Marauders Vanguard. Right. Oh, I, I think, think it was.
0: Okay. So... so Yeah. So then in the last week or so, it started to look like they could theoretically even take silver, but they were still focusing on bronze. They thought they would go for bronze. Mm -hmm. And then basically the final, in the final day, um, a bunch of them were sitting on billions of, you know, bonds left over to hand in. So they did a big hand in, I think handed in something like 80 or 90 billion credits worth of bonds. Which pushed them, I think, confidently into silver at that point. And then a bunch of them—I think there's about seven of them—decided on the pretty much the final night of the championship that, they, you know, just for fun, they just wanted to go in game and kill one more interceptor just to sort of round the night off.
6: Just one um, waffle in
0: mint. Yeah, pretty much. And then they got this really good, um, you know, instance with a, a whole bunch of interceptors and things so they got a, you know a decent payout from the fight but basically they won by by the bonds of a single interceptor
6: so tw- 20 million
0: i can't remember what it was it was it was a bit more than that but it, but it but it was what was really nice about the story was that effectively you know they've been encouraging a lot of new commanders to hop in on their discord and sort of come and do a bit of thargoid combat for fun and what was really nice about winning by such a close margin is it effectively meant that every single person that joined them and joined them and managed to join in with a kill effectively made the difference. Which, you know, it's lovely. That's great. Good story.
6: Um, yeah. So I, I think I know one of the things that did this because Commander Chick, one of the, one of the, uh, basically one of the best pilots I know, uh, he was sat on, wow. Uh, He was sat on billions and he had saved those billions up for months. Absolutely, months. So it's nice that they all put a a massive pay in. Uh, According to Happy Moon Monkey, the margin was actually less than 8 million credits. Wow. (laughs) Out of billions.
0: Yeah, I think they'd worked out a statistic that the. The margin they won by, you know, in in proportion to the amount they the total had handed in, was something like 0.04 point four percent.
6: It's it's like um, who was Hamilton beating Max Verstappen by one hundred thousandth of a second, but it still counts.
3: Or you know, it could always just be. Um, I'm trying to think of an of an analogy, which is like maybe Lewis Hamilton, um, maybe Vax Verstappen gave Checo his place back, but that's not. I'm just I'm just triggered by that. Sorry.
6: And yes, again, my favourite Ricardo manages to ruin the race. <laughs> yes, again. So, ah, it's a, you know, it is a good it's a it's a good job we don't have a. Uh, they uh, couldn't have F1 races because otherwise, you know, it's I'd it I'd turn it into a destruction derby. Wreckfest. Been playing too much of it. Um right, the other news is the SPS Tournament. That is still ongoing with sign-ups still available. So if you want to get your shoot up on, um we will pass some details in the show notes and uh yeah, this one, that's something that I'm hoping to get involved in in the next couple of weeks. Um, so <laughs> I, have to, I think I've got to get the Buckyball done first because Buckyball always comes first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll start on the FPS tournament. So, uh, yeah, um, that is a, is a pure uh, thumbs up from me. Um, has anybody got any mostly clueless suggestions that you can make?
2: One thing I would say is you can't fly as fast as a Sargoid.
0: Yeah. I have something buckyball relevant, if you like. And I genuinely, yeah, learned, I, I genuinely learned this for the first time this week. Um, so, right, okay, how to, how to describe this. You can you not have enough fuel to make a jump. So you can start with, with not enough fuel, right? Right. And then as you scoop and start gaining fuel you'll get to a point where you have enough fuel to make the jump. And from that point on, the f- as you continue to scoop past that point, you're now gaining weight and reducing your jump range. Yes. So if you imagine a the graph, there's like a little curve going on here where there's a peak where you have your maximum jump range and to the left of that, down the left-hand side of the curve, you haven't got enough fuel to jump down the right-hand side, you've got too much fuel, and it's, it's weighing you down. Gotcha. So it turned out for I, – I, there was a route. I was trying to shave one jump in the race, and I found this route where I could literally just ma- make it if I manually plotted. But I needed exactly the maximum amount of fuel that the ship could carry. Right. So I start dabbling around, and, and the trick is – or the trick I thought was to pull out out of the scooping zone at just the right moment to leave me with max jump range oh i see what i what i learned which i didn't know is that you only have to engage the jump at the right point so as long as you watch i can't remember it because i've messed with my hud colors but on on my hud the fuel gauge changes to yellow when i can when I've got enough fuel to, to
6: Yeah, the that, jump. that's right, because basically you can see in, in the standard one, it's, it's yellow, but you'll see the jump range in blue. Yeah, okay. So okay. As as you see that first bit of yellow and you're blue, yeah, then, you, you then you'll jump.
0: So you can stay scooping, but basically as long as you hit the engage jump button at the instant it changes colour, you can yeah. get your max range jump, and then you can carry on scooping to your heart's content until the countdown's finished and actually end up jumping with more fuel than theoretically would allow you to make that jump, which is quite interesting. I yeah, know. but
6: don't you also have to drop a heat sink because your fuel for so your, your ship heat is
0: going up. Right, <laughs> There's a lot, there's nah, a lot at that point. In this race. There are a lot of heat sinks in this race. It depends. All oh, right. Ship you're going. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know you could actually jump while theoretically not having the range to make the jump, if you see what I mean. It's interesting.
6: Well, you you technically did, you just got it.
0: Yeah, but do you know what I mean? At the point, if you think about the science of it, at the point your sort of frameshift drive kicks in and actually makes the hyperspace jump. Yeah. You're sort of too heavy to get the range.
6: Oh, I it. got you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're carrying on fueling at the time. Yeah, yeah. Ah.
0: Anyway, that's my
6: little... Wow, that is that is... I feels so a little bit of a cheat, actually. It feels it is, like it shouldn't it. work.
0: Yeah, I, I don't quite know what happens. Like During the countdown, the countdown should sort of stop and it should go, sorry. You-
6: I'm
2: just saying, Colin, that, uh, Alex, sorry, don't go and give any designers any ideas
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
6: well, there might be any designer in the chat that might think, oh, that's a good point. I think I might have a look into that
0: in fact correct me if i'm wrong but, <laughs> i don't but, want to raise the gyro but if, if, if during the countdown you get too close to a station it does interrupt it doesn't it yeah it does, does. Yeah. yes hmm. well i'll
6: leave that what, not we're saying that anything <laughs> should be actioned on that
0: right at this point
6: no jira no no, tickets tight. need to be raised
0: there's more important things to do than than fix that
6: <laughs> yeah i must admit um it's quite <laughs> rare for me to actually trigger a jump when I'm halfway through fueling. Um, I think the only time I will trigger a jump is if I there's a possibility of being interdicted. I think it's the only time that I would actually jump while fueling.
0: All right, you, you're going to have to change the attitude for this race. There's a lot of deep scooping going on here.
6: Oh. <laughs> oh, do you like a bit of deep scooping, do you? Yeah, I do easy, like easy.
7: <laughs>
6: <laughs> so we've got Psykit and we've now got Alec. Excellent. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, well, I think we'll move on from the mostly clueless. Now, any other business? Now, I think we've got a little bit of any other business to talk about here. Now, um, Alec, yeah, now, me, something me interesting that happening over in the wonderful world of Star
0: Citizen? I think this is interesting. We don't often talk about Star Citizen, but why not? You know, we're all into space games, and I think this is a wonderful, wonderful thing that happened last week. Mm-hmm. so um, a bit of backstory but a couple of the guys in uh the elite races group um black Maze and sashes who kind of revolutionized what was going on in that group they, they really brought sort of e-sport standard um you know commentary and we had on-screen telemetry and the races were properly organized into championships and there was you know great camera work and you could watch them live it was it was fantastic stuff they were doing but they you know, among many other people, got a bit disenchanted with Odyssey and ultimately jumped across to Star Citizen, mm-hmm. where they started a similar group called XGR, Extreme Gravity Racing, um, which has been doing extremely well. And they've been doing, you know, similar to what we did in Elite Races, which is design tracks, you know, theoretically find a, find a path around a structure or around a, a surface location that's good to fly around you know and you have to memorize it and people do course maps and you have to go because there's no gate markers or anything
7: yeah yeah. anyway
0: they have been doing this for oh are they getting on for a year now i want to say it was certainly six months maybe a year they've been getting on um and cig have been really taking an interest uh and basically last week cig do these sort of weekly live streams a bit like frontier so they do a a thing called what's it called inside star citizen and then a much longer sort of star citizen live and they have fleshed out their maps it's beautiful but they've built you know structures and mining rigs and they've put in gates and apparently there's even um like actual gameplay like missions so you can get missions to go and do races and then they've got you know timers i guess and trigger gates and so they've they've completely taken what the community have done and, and just run with it and built built these tracks and it was all a bit of a surprise you know so you can just imagine watching the yes. <laughs> star citizen inside star citizen stream and suddenly seeing your tracks brought to life by cig i think it's great i i you know i i have nothing but um goodwill towards it i you know i there's a there's a very big difference between cig and frontier and the positions they're in They they have much you know vastly bigger resources they're still in a sense in that sort of um phase that elite was in when it was in kickstarter you know of being able to develop any yeah. which way they like really and so you know i would never expect frontier to do anything like this and i don't have any kind of resentment or a little bit of jealousy maybe but um but i, th- I think it's wonderful it's yeah quite extraordinary. i mean uh, we have been asking
6: for i don't know race tracks or even the um uh, the you know the, the beginners course in in the tutorial for something like that to be put into the game for oh it must be going on years now yeah, yeah. and yeah every time I think they've always said back it's always too difficult to do or because it's in a certain point it need you need resources yeah, yeah. that are best I, I think they just don't have
0: the resources and it's just too far down the. One thing that was interesting, actually, in the Star in live, um, you know, the sort of live stream chat, is mm-hmm. that actually what they did, a couple of the courses, they basically gave the job to new recruits as a way to sort of onboard their, um, uh, like, asset design skills, you know.
8: Oh, right. I see.
0: So, in a sense, there was a place on a planet that was already a virtual course. That mm-hmm. it, it, it was sketched out in the minds of the x g r Racing Group, and their their task as a sort of first job working for CIG was to flesh it out with buildings and pipes and scaffolding, and which is which is quite a nice sort of onboarding experience, I suppose, for a new designer.
6: Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose that's. I mean, that's quite useful. I suppose that's the difference between having resources of thirteen to fourteen million pounds to create a game. And half a billion pounds. Yeah. And, and
0: 800 staff uh, compared to what, I don't know what Front of the Elite is now. Under yeah. 100, I'm guessing. Yes. So. so yeah. It's eight times bigger.
6: Oh, uh, hey. ah, well. Well, I mean, I must admit, there is a point of, there is a bit of jealousy when you do look at uh, No Man's Sky and Star Citizen because Star Citizen has got a lot more resources to throw at things. It's just, yeah, it it does seem. I'm, I mean, I'm still waiting for what I paid for, so I'm I'm still a bit salty about the but the whole Star Citizen thing. But it's actually quite interesting because because I've been playing older games. I started playing back at Privateer, then Privateer Two, and then Freelancer, and realised that it's been a, a repeating pattern all the way through because you've got. Wing Commander and Privateer, they've kind of gone in in the same way as Wing uh, as Squadron Forty Two and uh uh and Freelancer uh, sorry Star Citizens are supposed to be. And then the next generation they did Star Lancer and then there was Freelancer, which is exactly the same thing. Uh, I mean the the ironic thing about playing Freelancer now is that oh it feels so it feels so arcadey compared to um the the rest of the the space sims that I don't and I'm going to be controversial here I don't think it should be counted as a space sim and I say that as someone who likes freelancer so anyway um sorry I'm having a bit of a rant I've gone off on a tangent let's get back any other business um yeah Ben you've got something about World of War- Warcraft
2: this isn't me this looks like a Norman thing so I say oh. Norman if you want to tell us something about this come in and tell us. Because I don't
8: know what on earth you're on about here. It's me. They're doing over, I think it's over this month and next month, they're doing tweet drops on anyone that show or people that have agreed to show uh, or do World of Warcraft. And you get, like, uh, pets in game, and I think there's a mount there as well, and there's different bits and pieces. So, yeah, it looks quite good, basically. Yeah, Um, I
6: mean, uh, this this is basically... um, they're they're doing dragons and what is this? It's sort of like how to train your how to train your dragon in in World of Warcraft.
8: Yeah, then. it's sort of like that sort of thing. But yeah, well, it's to co- coincide with uh, Dragonflight. So yeah, it looks quite good anyway.
6: Yeah. So yeah. is it how to train your dragon or is it House of Dragons?
8: <laughs> how to train your dragon? Uh, I saw that there was a a new showcase today for The whole launch of this, anyway, um, and it showed the scene. It looked like a scene from How to Train Your Dragon, so yeah, but it looks quite good. Graphics are good, so yeah, <laughs> I must admit,
6: um, it, it must be something bad going from How to Train Your Dragon to House of Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, oh, I just got this for you to watch. Kids has got
8: dragons in it. I like <laughs> how to train your know, dragon. I like it. I like you can like the cartoons. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you go in Thank you. Um, okay.
6: Uh apart from that, has anybody else got any other business I wanna quickly bring up? No. Right, okay. Well I'm gonna move on to the shout outs then. Um obviously the Dex Island is taking a well and break at the moment, but if you want to you can uh check the, your uh the Dex legacy are on their own uh, website at www.thedexlegacy.com. Uh, if you make a contribution, everything will go towards the making of Season 2. So, uh, fingers crossed for uh, for everyone over there. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv, Hutton Orbital Truckers. Or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Uh, The descending commander that likes a bit of CQC action with Commander Chicken and Commander Musketeer. You can check that out at the CQC Discord at discord.me slash EliteDangerousCQC. Uh, And we'll give shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcast, so uh, you can catch up with the old episodes of Flight Assist. Uh, There's the Guard Frequency, who do other space games as well. And, of course, the aforementioned Loose. King of, the, uh, King of the Bug Hunters screws um, over the other side of the Atlantic um, so following this we have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetle Jude. and we'd like to thank everybody who's chipped in on the Twitch chat and Ben have you had many in-game commanders following the Stargoid hello have we lost Ben
2: no I just didn't turn my microphone on uh, Commander Phillips is the only one to come on and join me
6: well, uh, give him away from for us. Well,
2: he, and... he, he decided he was going to exploit and return and go home. <laughs> um, Fair enough. And, and I'm still trying to catch up with this Thargoid, but I don't think I'm going to make it.
6: Oh, it's, it, that's it's,
2: a shame. it's pulling away from me.
6: Oh. That's a shame. I was hoping for some Thargoid action, but not tonight. Um, right. Special thanks, of course, goes to Commander Tokoso, JN Tracks, Alan Stroud, of all created music for the show. We'd also like to take a, a moment to thank uh, Malfa the Wind, Elvis Krennan, uh, of course, Commander Ventura, and, of course, the Chris Mark IV, for coming up with some fantastic adverts this time. They're absolutely... <laughs> really good. Uh, and, um, yes. So, apart from that... Um, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash radio, Tweet us at Lave radio, Or oh, you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash radio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, which is shared with the Hutton Orbital Truckers. And you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss. In a future episode, uh, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at eight thirty and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So I would just like to wish good night to Alec Turner,
0: Colin. Bye everyone. I can race runs till Sunday.
6: Uh, good night to Commander Psychic.
3: Good night.
6: <laughs> and of course, good night uh, to Commander Edelweiss.
8: Good night, Colin.
6: And special thanks, of course, goes to today's tech specialist, Commander Ventura.
8: Colin.
6: Why? Oh, why? <laughs> Zach! <And laughs> until next time, commanders. Fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
1: I wanna see the galaxy. two seconds. I'll
5: be right back. Galnet News Update, 10th of November, 3308.
4: dargoid roar heard after the Battle of HIP 22460 was a cry for help, followed immediately by an immensely powerful reply from a distant source, according to a statement released today. Professor Albert Ezra, the former Director of Research at Aegis, has been working with engineers Ram Tar and Ismail Palin. With the help of Xiao Jin Ai, known to Azimuth as Project Seraph Test Subject D2, They believe they now understand the general nature of the communication, without yet understanding its details. Both overlapping transmissions appear to have used a multiplicity of frequencies, and it's not clear whether the entire spectrum of the transmission has been recorded. However, analysis, coupled with Xiao Jin Ai's unique ability to tap into the Thargoid mind, has revealed that the communication is a call and response with the response portion containing elements of acknowledgement and focus, meaning very approximately, we see them, and we're coming. The response transmission came from a single source, was focused towards Thargoid forces in HIP 22460, and was transmitted with immeasurably more power than any previous signal of sentient origin, using the Thargoid structure connected to the Proteus wave as a sort of relay and amplifier. There is no doubt in Xiao Jin Ai's mind that the call is a direct response to the firing of Salvation's Proteus Wave. The we are coming part of the response ties in with the approach of the eight rogue signal sources, or Stargoids, that are gathering between the Pleiades and the Bubble. Tezro, Tar, and Palin end their statement with a prediction that humanity may not be prepared to withstand the new phase of war that the Thargoids are about to unleash.
5: Meanwhile, Azimuth Biotech claims that its appeal to establish a megaship and to set up a chain of development labs has been partly successful. It'll get its megaship, which is intended to act as a forward base for pilots fighting the Thargoids. but a stiff opposition from those opposed to Azimuth on moral grounds means that it'll not yet be able to build any of its surface research bases. Mbuni permits will be made available to qualifying pilots who shipped commodities for Azimuth. Everyone else who wants one of the permits will be able to buy it from the glorious prospect megaship, which will be permanently stationed in Titori for this purpose. If you fought to protect the deliveries, you may qualify for one or two overcharged Guardian Plasma Chargers, which will be placed into your storage aboard the megaship Musashi no later than Monday. If you fought against Azimuth, you may have qualified for one or two rapid-fire cannons with phasing sequence, which will soon be deposited in your storage in McLean City in one drama. Azimuth CEO Torben Rademacher tried to put a positive spin on the mixed success of the initiative, saying the new megaship will probably enter service before the end of the month. He blamed the setbacks on anarchic opponents of progress and made it clear that he views it only as a temporary delay to Azimuth's plans to conduct weapons research. He rather ominously suggested that he'd address the persistent antagonism of those opposed to Azimuth separately, without giving any hint as to what he had in mind. If the Azimuth megaship is ready by the end of the month, it might just be in time for the arrival of the Stargoids, which appear to have somewhat slowed down in their advance towards the bubble. Galnet News Update, 11th November 3308. A free upgrade to the full system scanner has been deployed to all ships. The FSS has previously been able to identify an audio signal from the unidentified interstellar anomalies or Stargoids. Now an upgrade developed by Laurie Jamieson allows Stargoids to be targeted even if they are not in the same system and it shows how far away they are, and gives us a good idea about how fast they are travelling by the rate at which the distance changes. Jameson thanked a number of academic bodies, including Orion University and Canon Research, for their input to the upgraded version of the FSS, which was achieved in software and has been deployed galaxy-wide. But she noted that she has concerns about the nature of the rogue signal sources, as we must now learn to call the Stargoids, suggesting that trying to make peace with the Stargoids, which appear to be Thargoid in origin, may involve a certain amount of misplaced optimism. Jameson suggested that commanders might like to look at the Stargoids using the FSS for themselves. A good place to see one of the Stargoids close up on the 11th and 12th of November is Sinuf YK-W C18-1, which has a Stargoid coming straight towards it and is littered with wrecked ships, perhaps suggesting that Engineer Jameson's warning about the Stargoids may be valid. Galnet News Update, 14th of November, 3308. The Stargoids don't have to mean all-out war with the Thargoids, according to peace activists. There are currently eight of these Stargoids approaching the human bubble. The three in front appear to have slowed down to let the others catch up, but they are all now within a thousand light-years of Sol, with three, only three hundred light-years from humanity's traditional cradle. Last week, Professor Alba Tezru and engineers Ramtar and Ishmael Palin issued a joint statement. They said that former Azimuth test subject Shaojin Ai's interpretation of the Thargoid Roar was that following the Battle of HIP 22460, the Thargoids had called in reinforcements, and that the Thargoids are some kind of new Thargoid entity sent to put humanity in its place. But pro-peace activists from the Thargoid Advocacy Project have rejected the idea that our only choice is to prepare for war. Their community liaison officer, Bernadette Wells, managed to be patronising to a survivor of cruel experiments when she said we shouldn't base our approach to the Thargoids on the former D2's vague instincts. And she pointed out that Professor Tesro had provided no proof that the advancing Thargoid war engines actually intend to attack. Newly appointed Congressman Dalton Chase agrees with the Zeno-Peace activists that an official grand diplomatic effort to negotiate peace would be more beneficial than the Grand Armada that Federal Vice-Admiral Juno Rochester has proposed. He still intends to continue his private venture for peace, with the Thargoid Advocacy Project setting off in the Kingfisher megaship to negotiate with one of the Thargoid killing machines within the next few days. Nearly eight weeks on, engineer Kit Fowler's ramblings in the September edition of End Times about the Stargoids being a hyperspace distortion caused by huge Thargoid megaships heading our way seem a lot more sensible than Orion University's Professor Elizabeth Perez, who claimed that we were imagining human-centric explanations for natural phenomena, and that the Stargoids weren't really homing in on humanity after all. While the team on Dex Island take a well-earned break before their Series 2 return, there's plenty of material to fill the void. Point your auto-assistant to your favourite podcast app, including Spotify and Audible, and search The Dex Legacy. There you'll find bonus edition interviews with cast members and with the writer Emily Inkpen. There's also plenty of bonus materials and merch at www.thedexlegacy.com. All proceeds go towards the making of Season 2.